Music, broken down into its component parts, is made of notes or pitches and rhythms or pulses. Both notes and rhythms are vibrations or sound waves measurable by the number of waves per second or frequencies, which are named after the German physicist Heinrich Hertz. Different frequencies vibrate within us, through us, and affect us in different kinds of ways. Singers talk about the high head voice and the low chest voice, but these describe not the voice itself, but where the high and low notes they sing vibrate through their bodies. I remember a DJ friend mentioning how the women in his audiences seem to respond favourably to the booming sub-bass sounds. And he said, yeah, I've been told it gets them right in the uterus. (laughs) Most of the music that most of us in the Western world listen to day to day has a simple 1-2-1-2 or 1-2-3-4 pattern. Twos and fours music has a simple order to it that makes it pleasantly easy on the ear. But of course, you can also count in one, two, threes, as you do with waltzes. The great jazz pianist Dave Brubeck experimented with fives. Sevens. Nines And you could keep going, counting in any sets of numbers, really. There's a whole world of complexity in Indian ragas, for example, that my untrained brain can't begin to get itself around. But what happens if you run two or more rhythms of different counts alongside each other? It makes for a more complex pattern a polyrhythm, and many composers have played with this. Brahms puts threes against twos and sixes against threes in much of his music, and I've always loved this sort of thing. But perhaps my favourite example is in Shostakovich's second piano concerto. But how do you think playing twos, threes, fours and fives all at the same time would sound? You might think it would create a rather too messy mixture, but listen to this. Isn't that lovely? This is a piece by my guest Edward Chilvers. He is constantly exploring polyrhythm and different forms of harmony with his music, stretching mental and physical possibilities with the piano. And I'm fascinated to find out more from him about what he's discovering along the way. I'm Frances Butt, and this is Emotipod a series of conversations with brilliant artists about the work they do and the mental and emotional benefits of it for them and for their audiences. 
I used to compose for TV programs, so you could say I have a reasonable handle on the concept of polyrhythm. But I confess, I'm always daunted by complexity in anything, really. Edward, on the other hand, is constantly pushing the boundaries of how much complexity a human can handle in terms of polyrhythm and harmony. So hold on to your hats, because as you might expect from someone who can play rhythms of two, three, five and seven all at the same time, the conversation gets a bit technical and Edward's a fast thinking, fast speaker. Enjoy the ride. Well, first of all, thank you for giving me your time for this podcast. I appreciate it so much, Edward. And um, thank you for sending me your beautiful music too, which I've enjoyed listening to so much. Thank you. So, oh, where to begin? Uh, your body of work is just, it's so huge. Um, but you're working not just with music, but you're working with music and science and maths and philosophy. I'm interested in maths and I'm interested in science. And I'm interested <laughs> in philosophy. And I think all those things find their way, find their influence into the music that I'm doing. But I yeah. think ultimately it's, it's nice not to see these things as separate. They all started with the Pythagoreans who, who studied number and astronomy and music. But to them, it was all part of one general search for truth. Very good point. You know, the, the, the kind of the thirst of the spirit, the thirst of the soul yeah. for something deeper than this mundane reality. And that thirst for something deeper, I think, encompasses, for me personally, particularly science and mathematics, to a lesser extent philosophy. And I guess you could say spirituality, although I'm very cautious of using that very loaded word. Yes. Um, but this all together is one thing. But because music's what I do, these concepts definitely um, fall into my music quite a lot. That's beautifully put. And actually, we have compartmentalised these things so terribly. You either do the arts or you do the sciences. That's really it's as bad as that these days. And But then within that, you've got this constant more and more compartmentalising. So, for example, to, I mean, initially, you just have mathematics. Right? I think Henry Poincaré was the last person that knew like every field of mathematics back in like, the 18th century. And so you've got, we've got these different fields of mathematics. Now you've got topology and you've got complex analysis and blah, 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 blah. But then each of those fields then gets into subfields. You've got subfields within subfields within subfields. And the whole of science has gone like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Science yes. becomes physics, biology, chemistry. Physics becomes astrophysics and quantum physics. Astrophysics becomes, <laughs> you know, and, and all of these branch offs, but they're all part of the same tree. They're all part of that same yeah. just. And I would That's love true. it, actually. I would think it'd be such a great idea if every year, professors from different university departments and graduates from different university departments got together and bounced ideas of each other. You had a physicist talking to biologists about his ideas yeah. and a biologist talking to yeah. chemists about his ideas. And I think that'd be really productive. I hadn't mentioned biology. Yeah. Because the patterns that we see are everywhere in nature. Before we were, before we were here, there were patterns. And harmony as well. Distinct, and har you're absolutely all right. these harmonic ratios in those patterns. It's, it's as if all of nature is this gigantic piece of music, you know, yes. at a very, very small scale, a molecular scale of the atoms that make everything up, you've got this beautiful harmony. Yes. The, the orbits of the electrons are forming essentially chords within the atoms. If you, if you were hearing at the right speed, you'd be hearing chords within that atom because the electron ratios are whole numbers. And whole Ooh. numbers is, the relationship of whole numbers is what harmony essentially is. Ah. You know, it's just the relationship of small whole numbers that the brain can actually process. When the numbers get too big, it's not really harmony anymore because the brain can't process it, but it's a subjective thing. Well, we can get back to a little bit more of that later, but... Speaking of going back to just patterns, are you a pattern maker, finder, lover? Is that where you sort of... All of, the, all of those things. All yeah. of the above. Did you think you were born with a sort of pattern-loving mind? Absolutely. And I've always found it. 
I've always found it all the time, just finding pans, even uh, even registration plates. I'm always looking at registration plates. And mm-hmm. as I'm walking along and looking for a pattern in the numbers or the relationship between the letters and the numbers, that kind of thing, I'm always quite excited when I find a particularly interesting one. He's so sad. I just read them out and people think I'm very strange, but that's even better what you're doing. You like to be, yeah, <laughs> often I'm walking, walking down the road and I just see a row of cars and think, oh, that's interesting because there's an arithmetic progression between the numbers or, or I, th- I think, oh, holy moly. That's interesting. That's three consecutive prime numbers, for example, or, or something like that, you know. Oh. But it's quite a nerdy quality. A nerdy quality. But I, do look for, <laughs> I do look for patterns all the time. I guess yeah. we're pattern looking for creatures, aren't we? I think so. They're very pleasing. I mean, we like the order of pattern. And, but that's how um, we perceive reality. You know, that we, yeah. we, that our whole foundation perception of reality is based upon the recognition of patterns. You know, it yes. all comes down to that, doesn't it? When you think about how you live your life from day to day, you're not constantly relearning every new thing you experience. Thank God. Thank yeah, God. you're working yeah. based yeah. upon previous patterns and you've made patterns yeah. within patterns and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I guess the human mind is very attuned to want to see and understand patterns. Right. And I feel like the most intense beauty is right at the threshold of comprehension you know a really simple pattern like a square yeah isn't that beautiful but something like a tree is amazingly beautiful because it's right at the threshold of our comprehension of that beauty there's just so much right. going on so much complexity yes going on. yes 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 oh, that's lovely so i had a go in my intro at what i understand by the basics of polyrhythm which is where you are a pioneer could you call yourself a pioneer in, in polyrhythm? That's fair, yeah. yeah, okay. Could you give us a, a bit your basic outline? Give us your best shot of simple, simple. <laughs> okay, well, to start with, polyrhythm does mean different things for different people. And the word is, oh, is no. the word that's I know it's so confusing. It's already you want a simple answer, <laughs> I'm just making it co- more complicated immediately. But some some people when they say polyrhythm are talking to uh, talking about phase patterns, things, things, um, we've got different numbers of beats in your phase, but they're still moving essentially the same speed. Some people right. are talking about in Latin music where you have the drum playing one kind of rhythm and the shaker playing another kind of rhythm. And together yeah. that makes a polyrhythm, but yes, they're both playing yes, in yes. the same speed. What I'm talking yeah. about is, is things playing at different speeds relative yes. to each other. Yes. So if yes, you've yes, got, yes. if you've got um, three cars going along, one's going 20 miles an hour, one's going 50 miles an hour, one's going 70 miles an hour there. And they're going around a track. The, the way that they will overtake each other and make patterns is much more interesting than if they're all yes. going the same speed. Yeah. Ah, that's nice. That's nice common culture now is we see things in twos and we listen to music in twos and fours twos and fours that's where most music certainly popular music seems to lodge itself but you play with odds against evens quite often okay i've, I've almost got too many points in my mind to be able to press them one more go to start <laughs> to start with to start with that whole counting in twos and fours is something that's very basic towards just symmetry because the basic yes. of symmetry when you see the buildings that human beings create they're all like right angular and like that kind of thing because that's basically how we think in terms yeah. of powers of two yeah so most things are structured musically in four bar sections eight bar sections 16 bar sections because it just seems natural to do that you know where you are yeah. right it just feels normal and natural to have yeah. two or four beats in a bar yeah. Now, sometimes you have music with five beats in the bar, like Take Five, famously. Yes, it's got five yes, beats yes. in the bars. Or Mars. Yeah. Mars are very good. Yes, Mars is in five, is in five eight. Excellent. I'm right, Man Enough, Isle of the Dead is in five. But, oh, but yeah. most things are in fours, and for good reason. Now, the music I'm playing, I actually mostly use fours as well, but I'm just using them at speed ratios that include seven, five, and three. Okay. So although I'm playing them at different speeds, I'm generally playing in groups of fours and threes. I'm still playing, ultimately, I'm perceiving it as playing in four most of the time. But you are putting odds and evens together at the same time. And that must be 
quite stretchy for the brain. Oh, well, yes. Yes, it's, it's very stretchy for the brain. It's, it's much more stretchy for the brain than, than if you were going to just do, say, 15 beats in the bar or nine beats or something. Yeah, yeah, in the bar, yeah. Or even 11 yeah. beats in the bar or 13 beats in the bar. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. There's um, layers of complexity there, but you're holding them all. I mean, if I listen to some of your beautiful tracks, I tune into the, the three or I tune into the five. Okay. I can just I can just stay with the five or stay with the three or whatever you go, oh, it's really, it's really doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited, though, that you can hear each of those parts. Because that's what I'm hoping for the listener right. is that they're able to distinguish the individual parts and, and, and be able to tune into whichever one they like. You know, in the same way that if you walk through a beautiful garden, you'd be looking at different things on different days, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. so the, the garden's got, it can sustain many walks. You wouldn't get bored of it. Yeah. Yes. Got, and, I, and I'd hope that the, the music I'm trying to create would be experienced in the same kind of way as experiencing a scene of nature where you might tune into the, the rippling of the water or you might tune into the sound of the birds or you might tune into the rumble of the cars in the background or whatever else. But they're all there. Yes. And they're all contributing to the overall feel of the situation. Though you can be specific about one bit, you also can take on the whole sort of as well. Yes. Well, let's let's talk about the whole feel because you create different different emotional effects. I mean, I, I was very moved by some of your pieces, and um, you use some of the. I wrote down some of the words you use in the descriptions of your pieces: and gentleness, lament, desires, bewildering, agitating, confrontational, terrifying, majesty. I mean, gorgeous. But there's plenty of emotions in there, and so there are in the sounds that you create. I mean, some of them are very, very flowing. And some of them are very staccato and spiky and quite funky. Right. And some of them are very spacious and lush and, and calming. So I was feeling emotions or feeling feelings just listening to these beautiful patterns you were making. But do you, uh, yeah, what's the experience for you as you play them? Did emotions appear when you started to build these patterns or are you in investing your emotion into these patterns? It's more that it starts out with emotion. There's, right. there's something in the soul that wants to be expressed. Yes. And then I don't have the language to express it. So I need to create the language. And a lot of the creation of that language is in learning to play lots of speeds at the same time and in learning different mode groups. Right. This is the language that I feel that I need to express what's in my soul. Okay. So this always the theoretical mental construction is always the servant of, of this underlying need to express, which can't really be spoken about. You know, you can't really yeah. say anything about it. It's just, it's just a nurse. It's just there. I, can't, I couldn't tell you anything about it, really. It's beyond words. Yeah, it's beyond words. Yeah. But the, the mechanism for doing it, is I like I need, I need multiple speeds because what I'm feeling is something that's multidimensional. It's something that's ah. well, lots of things happening at the same time. Yes, yeah. Like the world, you know, we see and hear and smell and take all at the same time. There's a multiplicity about the human experience, which is really beautiful and exciting. 
You know, and even the idea that we've only got five senses, isn't it? We've got like 20 odd senses, 20 at least. Yes. Emotionally speaking, we're, we're feeling all kinds of things at once very often. <laughs> right. So I think there's a much greater capacity for humans to experience much more in music than just a kind of one dimensional, however beautiful that one dimension might be. And it often is very beautiful. Yeah. But it's a kind of one dimensional one, one world yes. at, the, yes. at the time. Yes. Yes. Because we exist yes. in multiple worlds at the same time. And I think that's something which if that can be expressed artistically, then that's great. And it's a difficult thing to try and do, but I'm just having a pop at it. I'm just trying my best. To try and get to try and get at that that sort of like, what, what makes the depth of the human experience or what's the nature of the human experience. And are you always? Are you often not always? Are you often surprised by what happens when you <laughs> when you uh, just take yourself into these experiments with whatever you're feeling at the time? Yeah, the surprises are the best things. When something happens that I didn't expect, or something comes out of the mathematics that I hadn't anticipated, that is just the best time, the best moment oh. when I when I discover something. Oh wow, I hadn't thought about that, and it's come. That's another thing. When when you get a really good concept, it gives up out more things. So if I get a kind of modal concept or some sort of harmonic concept I play with, if it's a good concept. It will give me lots of new things. Could you give us an example of what might um, come up that you didn't expect? Uh, okay, well, uh, uh, this can be, I'm just trying to think of a way of explaining this. It isn't massively technical, but I've got an exact concept in mind. Basically, if you take a nine chord, which is a five note chord, any yep. five note chord, you can rethink that as being a scale and then extract the chords from it in the same way you'd extract the chords from a seven note scale or any normal right. scale. Right, so you're, you're just by rethinking the chord as a scale, you extract chords. Now, you've already got, every musician knows a bazillion five-note chords. You've got your nine chords, flat nine chords, all, all these different kind of nine chords. So then can, if you can take those chords and turn them into a scale and extract chords from that, you get a set of five chords for each chord. And these five chords that you use are not necessarily what you could expect, what you would expect. There are going to be some non-muso listeners here who are going to go, whoa, you lost me now. Yeah, that bit is, that's overly technical. Okay. I, I, you know, <laughs> to, to be honest, even if you do know about music, that bit is going to be a little, probably a little bit bewildering. Might, might play with that one or... Do, Maybe know. edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Another simpler example is if I try and drill a particular polyrhythmic pattern, and I try and do, I try and do something like with seven against five against three against two, where they're all doing a particular thing. In doing that pattern, it opens up new coordination, but then suddenly when I'm seeing the flow of inspiration, something comes out, something that I hadn't been able to do before or wouldn't have been able to do before. Because you built a skill. Because I built yeah. a skill, yeah. And that's the oh. thing, that's, that that's drives me so much. I just love the feeling of building new skills. Yes. I love the fact that I can do something new, you know, like getting to the next level on a computer game or something. I want to be yes. able to do something that I couldn't do last year. I'm working with a pattern at the moment, which is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. And it's really challenging. I'm really finding the limits of my kind of capabilities, but I'm really enjoying pushing that and just trying to squeeze it a bit further and, and you know, pushing against that ceiling, I think is that's where I want to be. So you create these incredible charts and graphs and things that are absolutely bewildering to me. Um, boxes full of numbers and roads full of written numbers and diagrams. And so, but you were just saying that you, you th new things come out of what you've just been developing. I guess it can both go both ways that you write down something you want to achieve and, and try and build that pattern in skill, or do you develop a new pattern out of a, your new skill set? Well, it's a bit of both. Yeah. It's a bit of both. I mean, like with, in terms of the chart, I, I had an, I, I had this kind of an, a vision of there being different harmonically distinct sound worlds so that so that each piece is coming from a sort of a, 
a distinct kind of harmonic character, you know? Okay. Because, you know, if you listen to blues, for example, blues tracks pretty much all have the same harmonic characters. It's kind mm. of around a blues scale, it's around certain chords. Mm. It's got the same kind of harmonic character. Um, a lot of like Mozart quartets, right? They all have pretty the same kind of harmonic character, roughly speaking. And the, what defines the harmonic character is the notes that it's made of. Yeah. So if you have different sets of scales that give you different notes and you stick strictly within the rules of that scale, it, it kind of demarcates these different harmonic worlds to your pieces. So in 31 pieces, some of the pieces I've been I've stuck strictly to a particular harmonic world to keep it distinct from the rest. Aha. Uh-huh. So that it doesn't blur into one kind of overall harmonic style. And there's a certain beauty about that, like a garden where you've got roses over here and these kind of flowers, rather than just being all flowers everywhere. You know, it's just like where everywhere you look, it's all flowers. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Can we talk a little bit about hertz? Yeah. Because uh, we're talking about frequencies and different frequencies have different effects on us on the body, on our, on our certainly emotional, because the body is the emotional resonator. So yes, I mean, c- composers have always used different keys to different effect uh, with different intentions to, to show different emotions or evoke mm-hmm. different emotions. Um, see, I don't know much about which ones do what. I mean, if I look that up, it's a bit like cheap astrology where they'll say E flat major is cruel but also loving and you know you just could say any old stuff you know? it's true isn't it that you, you yeah. could say whatever you wanted however yeah. however there are definitely distinct characters of the keys which if one is taught and explores a lot you definitely get a feel for right now could you help me with some of those have you got any good examples of the those? interesting thing is that i definitely can i definitely can i can give you lots of examples i'll give you examples of any key you want Right. Right, because every key, I've got a deep relationship with each key. I sort of know it like almost oh. like a, a particular city that I know well, you know. Wow. So um, you'll notice, like, so you might you might sit at the piano, you might notice like, ah, oh, C minor, that's quite dramatic, isn't it? You feel, see, that's quite, it seems quite, well, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel it's dramatic, but it is dramatic. Then you look through the classical literature and you see, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, da-da-da-da, C minor. Yeah. The Chopin yeah. Revolutionary Study, da-da-da-da-da-da, C minor. <laughs> The Ziegfried right. motif from the ring, da, 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 dramatic, C minor. So many examples all through the yeah. classical literature of C minor being used for drama. Right, you then might discover on the keyboard, like you play around and be like, oh, E flat minor is quite dark, isn't it? E mm. flat minor sounds quite cold or quite, quite, I don't know, dark. I can't think of a better way to put it. But it's not dark in the same way that we mean dark as in light. It's a different kind of dark, but we haven't got a better word. So we use the word dark. It's not a good enough yeah. word. It'll have to do. So you find <laughs> e, flat, e, flat, e flat minor, dark imagery. And then you look through the classical literature and there it is, E flat minor, again and again, right. used for dark imagery. B flat minor as well. F minor right. is, is F minor is used for passion constantly. If you see something called a passionata, very good likelihood it's an F minor. It won't always be. Some people get passionate in different keys. You know, we've all got our different, <laughs> our different preferences. But F minor is frequently used for passionate music. And the list goes on. And we could talk about any given key. Brilliant. And I could give you the properties of that key and examples from the classical literature. That, that They were a couple of beauties. So thank you for those. But hertz is frequencies of pitch, but it's also... It's the amount, hertz is the amount of frequency per, per second, second. Per second. So, so like 440 hertz. What that means is that the A at 440, the string is going 440 times in a second. You're 440 waves in a second. Also, so rhythm is also a kind of a... Yeah. So, so what it is, is that the human ear 
makes a distinction at 20 hertz roughly. So everyone's got okay. some people with 18 hertz, some people with 22 hertz, but that means that you can pick out 20 distinct pulses per second, just. So if you're hearing something like um, an, an engine roughing up, if you've got less than 20 pulses, you can hear them as individual pulses. Or if you heard yeah. a really fast, something that was doing that really fast, like flapping, like those flaps on bike wheels, you know? Yeah. You might have experienced this when you when you put cars on your bike as a kid, that, that they start going flap, 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 and then the pitch emerges, right? Yeah. As you get faster on your bike, once you get more than 20 per second, you'll start to hear a pitch. So yes. the, the human ear draws the distinction between pitch and pulse at 20 hertz, but it's a completely subjective thing. And different you know, beings, animals, or whatever consciousness there might be in the universe could experience it completely differently. Does the same apply to the effect? I mean, we, you know, what we see, what we hear as fast beat makes you feel more anxious and slow beats make you feel more slowed down and calm or whatever. But is there is that a mood thing as well? Does, do you do you use that? I mean, I guess one has a natural instinct for what speeds suit what you're trying to achieve. You know, what, what yeah. whatever you're trying to do, there's a, there's a certain speed which makes sense. But the the speed of the polyrhythm is akin to the key. Uh-huh. Because if I if I slow down, that's like dropping the key. You know, C yeah. is essentially a bit slower than D. Yeah. That's why it sounds different because the waves of C are slightly slower. So I already picks that up as a different, and the different keys are ultimately different speeds of note. Yes. So similarly, polyrhythm, a different a five over three at a certain speed, it's got a different feel to a five over three at a different speed. Yes. In the same way that a C major, a major chord in D has got a different feel to a major chord in F sharp. They're both a major chord. The ratios of the, of the, of the harmonies are the same, but the different speeds give it a different flavor in the same way the different keys have a different flavor. So there's parallels all the way through. The parallels between multi-tempo and pitch harmony are just many and many. And it's what the whole universe is doing it. You know, the whole universe is doing this. All the time. All the time. Yeah, on every level. Thank you for that. You're explaining these things very beautifully. Who do you like to listen to? I have a very, very wide taste in music. I, I tend to like the extremes. So, I mean, uh, I love Bach and Wagner most of all. I really like some of the modern electronic music, the really kind of really crazy, complex, interesting stuff, you know, that the people are kind of really trying to do something different and interesting. I really like Indian raga music. That can be so awesome, oh, like really good Indian raga music. Speaking of patterns, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, and that's a whole other, you know, oh, world of music. Of and beauty pitch and, as well. And pitch yeah. and all that. And there's so much to learn from that. I think, you know, every Western musician should spend a bit of time listening to raga music because there's a whole lot there that doesn't really exist in the Western canon, but no, it's really, absolutely. really, really awesome. Absolutely. I really like African Bwiti music, African Bwiti music, and a lot of different kind of tribal music. I'm really kind of into it, like the rawness of it. And the, there's a kind of, a different kind of creativity to it that I like. But most genres of music have got something really, really good. But also, most genres of music are mostly a bit rubbish. <laughs> I think most, most genres of music, if you pick any genre and you pick a CD randomly in HMB from that genre, it probably won't be very good. <laughs> but but, but, but the, the, top of each, the top of each genre, if you can find it, is really good. So I pretty much like all genres of music, but only if it's really good. That seems fair. Yeah, but particularly Bach and Wagner, because I think Bach lays down the harmonic foundation for the whole of Western music. And the more one studies Bach, the just a better and better understanding you get of how everything sort of fits together at a fundamental level. And Wagner just scaled the heights. So you get the richest, most exquisite, amazing harmonic ideas. And I learned the most from those two composers. What a great combination. I mean, Bach, speaking of pattern and order and just yeah. that, what it gives you to have Bach in your life is absolutely that. Well, it certainly is for me. Yeah. And doesn't it feel like it's so good for the brain? Doesn't it feel like it you've, really you've, is. you've eaten a healthy meal for your brain when you listen to Bach? I was put on to you by Elizabeth Michelides. I don't know if you know her. She's a friend of mine now right. who I did a podcast with. She draws music. 
Right, cool. Yeah, she does gorgeous projects visualizing music uh, digitally. And she's done a whole lot of projects on Bach in pattern. And then she does collaborations with composers that are gorgeous and is just stretching her capacity of what she's doing all the time. But See, Bach does stretch the capacity of the listener in a very awesome way. And this he really is, does. What's so beautiful yeah. about Bach is that it, on, a, on a surface level, it's just beautiful. Yeah. But then as you listen more deeply in, there's more going on. Mm. You can feel there's more relations and mm. order and symmetry going on that you just don't even notice. In the same way, you yeah. look at a tree from a distance, it's beautiful. If you go and look closely at the bar, there's all these new patterns and order in the bar. Now, if you look at it on a cellular level, <laughs> there's all kinds of order going on on that tree in a cellular. All kinds of amazing things going on. So it is with bar. Exactly. That you right. can look at it on this basic level, or you can step back and look at the whole form of a piece, and that's like a gigantic cathedral. Or you can look at it on these tiny little levels. They're like amazing little gems, incredible little gems. Just the whole thing's dotted with these amazing harmonic gems. So that because of that sort of fractal quality of quality, Yes. Uh, Bach, I think, really stretches the mind out in a way that I'm quite keen to do. Beautiful description of this order of magnitude listening. Love it. Thank you very much. And where would you start any newcomer to who might be wanting to find out more about? I mean, one hesitates to suggest their own work in a time like this. But oh, yeah, I, I would... obviously. I will be sharing your links in the text for this podcast because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really did love listening to music. I've got it now. I'm listening to it again. It's really wonderful. I do recommend it, peeps. I mean, yeah, anyone wants to start, it was interested in what I'm talking about the, in the yeah. part that I'm talking about would do best to study <laughs> like my stuff, I suppose, like my the, particular 12 etudes and 31 pieces. For sure. And do you perform live, Edward? Where do you, where uh, can people come and hear you? I mean, I do when I can, but the whole COVID thing sort of oh, torpedoed no, the concert tour a bit. So when I had the release of 31 pieces, there would have been a concert tour there, but mm. there was nothing. And now we've got the situation where all the concert halls have got these massive backups, backlogs of people. That, so it's quite hard to wow. get. But I will be back performing. I had a few. I had I had a good um, live one from Steinway Hall, a, a live stream from Steinway Hall during the pandemic. That was quite gorgeous. Good. There's been a few performances that have been okay. But I have, I definitely haven't got as many as I'd like. I'd like to be performing constantly. But it's, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of we'll get there. hurdles. There's a lot of hurdles yeah. for that. And we're getting there. We're still opening up, yeah. It's early days. But also there's the, there's the, there's the difficulty in that you're tr- I'm trying to get something really new across to people. And it's very hard to persuade yes. a, a, yes. a population that this is worth their time and their attention to listen to. It's like trying to go like, hey, just, just listen for a bit. And people don't want to listen. People want something instantly accessible. They want to listen to something they know. They want to go and hear some Beethoven sonatas or whatever. Else. So it's quite hard as well in trying to really just push something new and totally keep the integrity of the thing, but also try and use the tools of the world to actually get it out there. I hear you, but um, we'll drop in some music and give people some examples and I'm sure they'll want to come back for more. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. All the best to you. All right, I'll see you later. Well, I hope you found that as invigorating as I did. I felt humbled as well by the all-encompassing nature of Edward's harmonic and rhythmic explorations, the extent of his knowledge of music, science, maths, philosophy, and the way he brings them together in the true spirit of Pythagoras. He's a real polymath. There's so much emphasis these days on niching down in art, in services, certainly in business, and I'm not sure how healthy this is. This may be a pure flight of fancy on my part, but it crosses my mind to wonder whether a willingness to stretch the brain, so to speak, to take in more of a multiplicity of sound and more of the countless layers and patterns in the world 
might also increase our capacity to truly consider other points of view and paradigms and make us more tolerant. Maybe. I certainly believe passionately that music builds and feeds the empathy we so desperately need in the world. All the music clips in this episode are from Edward's album Twelve Etudes and his latest three-disc collection called 31 Pieces. You can find links to his website and where to buy his music in the text for this podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, there are plenty more excellent guests of all flavours in the series. Please feel free to subscribe or follow on your favourite listening platform. And if you fancy sharing Emotipod with your friends and or kindly offer a review on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you like to listen, that'll be hugely appreciated because that's the best way for new listeners to find us. I'll leave you now with a little more of Edward's music from the first of his 31 pieces. And until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better. (laughs) 